This is Retirement Paradise with Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Greg provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Greg Gunther to help you retire in paradise. Aloha and welcome back to Retirement Paradise. This is Greg Gunther from the Retirement Optimization Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, please feel free to give us a call at 791-2924. You can also visit us online at therogroup.org. Now, chances are many of us have heard some common financial myths. And while many of those myths are easily dismissed as unrealistic, uh, pretty much as soon as you hear them, Others probably leave you asking, hmm, I wonder if that's true. Could that really be true? So in today's episode, we're going to discuss some common financial myths. But before we uh, jump into the myth busting, let me introduce my co-host, as always, Tony Shore. Tony, a pleasure to be with you again today. Well, Greg, thanks for having me on the show. I feel like we should uh, do a parody of Mythbusters. Yes. Mythbusters instead of <laughs> Ghostbusters, you know. But I'm not going to sing it for you or anything. I, I want to keep listeners. <laughs> I don't want to drive everyone away. And my, what a lovely singing voice I do have. But, <laughs> well, that's I, true. <laughs> I've had a great week. Just been really busy, as always. Uh, you know, the, the family's going crazy. The kids are getting ready for some online schooling, I guess, uh, <laughs> because of everything that's going on. How about you? What's going on over there? Oh, yeah. We've been doing the online schooling. Um, it's challenging, uh, to say the least. And then, uh, you yeah. know, we've been on lockdown. Uh, so uh, everyone's starting to get on each other's nerves around here, I think. Well, Greg, <laughs> I know you don't get in on, you know, you're not getting on anyone's nerves, right? I try to stay busy and stay out of uh, my wife's way. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. No, she's great. Um, yeah. and, uh, she, I'm sure that's, uh, that helps her out if you stay out of the way though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you're here to give us some financial advice. So what are we talking about today? Some, some myths, some myth busting. Yes. Myth busting. And we know that there are plenty of financial myths uh, floating around out there. Um, so let's yeah. start with some social security myths that may have been, um, I think gaining a little steam during the pandemic. Um, online financial publication many have heard of called The Motley Fool. They recently addressed th uh, these myths in an article aptly, aptly titled, uh, Three Social Security Myths You Shouldn't Believe During COVID-19. And the first thing the article addresses is a scary one. Um, the myth that the pandemic will completely wipe out social security. Now, <clears throat> as the article notes, this myth seems like it could be believable uh, because payroll taxes are one of the Social Security's primary funding sources. Uh, this year, the government claims a 12.4% tax on up to 137000 in earnings, and salaried workers pay half of that 12.4, and the companies that you work for pay the other half, where self-employed workers pay the entire 12.4 themselves. Hmm, interesting. I know we're talking about myths here, but I have to say, given the current economy and the unemployment rate, uh, I have to think Social Security is looking at a serious revenue dip, though, seriously, right? 
Yeah, I mean, your notion is not completely incorrect, Tony. I mean, after all, uh, because so many Americans are currently out of work, they aren't contributing payroll taxes on their wages. Uh, so it's clear that Social Security is losing revenue right now and may well be losing revenue for much of the remainder of 2020. Uh, but the reality is, while a revenue dip may well be a setback for Social Security, there's simply no evidence to support the idea it will doom the program forever. Uh, in fact, once the economy recovers fully and unemployment begins to tick downward, Social Security's revenue stream will begin to stabilize. Yeah. So what if our current high levels of unemployment continue throughout the rest of the year? I mean, we've seen a slight downtick, uh, but they might continue. Yeah, even if that does play out, it won't even come close to wiping out Social Security, as, as the article notes. That's a relief. Uh, and I'm going to be ready to shoot that myth down if I see somebody talking about it on social media or, you know, friends and neighbors. So what do you have next for us? Well, another myth making the rounds right now is that you can't apply for Social Security during the pandemic. And while it's true that Social Security began closing field offices in March, that move was made solely to promote social distancing and to protect the many vulnerable people who need to do business at a Social Security office. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that, and that makes sense. So a closed field office doesn't also mean that people can't file for Social Security. Right. Absolutely not. You can easily create a social security account online and register for your benefits whenever you're ready, as long as you're 62 or older. Uh, to create your account online, you start at ssa.gov. You'll be asked to verify your identity with some personal information, and you'll also be asked to create uh, security questions and answer ones that you only have the answers to. It's about verifying your identity. After that, you create your username and password, and then you confirm your email address or phone number by entering a code, and your account's set up. It's really that simple. Yeah, that's good. And obviously, so much of our financial lives is already online. I guess it makes sense that Social Security is also manageable uh, right from our laptops, our kitchen tables. Right. Yeah, good point, Tony. And Another potentially harmful Social Security myth uh, that's buzzing around suggests that Social Security recipients who lose their jobs during the pandemic can't file for unemployment. And this is probably not a huge population, um, but the fact is some people do work and receive Social Security at the same time. So it might be natural to assume that if they lose their job, that they'd be out of luck when it comes to unemployment. Uh, but that's simply not the case. Uh, previously, some states would reduce an unemployment payment if you were also on Social Security, but that practice has been eliminated um, during the pandemic. So it's also true uh, that if you're collecting both Social Security and a paycheck before reaching your full retirement age, you may have some benefits withheld from your work income, um, which is known as the earnings uh, earnings test limit. So you can only make a certain amount if you file early. Uh, but unemployment benefits don't count towards that. It's only earned income. So it won't affect your social security benefit. Yeah, that's good to know. And I think it's good that today we're discussing some of the common financial myths that a lot of people hear uh, as we seek to build a strong financial strategy. Uh, and we've covered social security already doing some great myth busting, Greg. What do you have for us next? Yeah. Um, well, in this next segment, <clears throat> Tony, I, I'd like to talk about uh, Medicare and some myths surrounding that. Uh, being able to spot myths from truths can make you feel more confident as you navigate your way towards retirement. 
Um, now, these myths uh, from Four Medicare Myths You Shouldn't Believe, uh, again, published by Motley Fool, uh, can cause people to misunderstand things, uh, some good and some bad. And the first common uh, Medicare myth is that your coverage is free. I mean, first, it's critical to remember that Medicare consists of various parts. Uh, we'll just focus on three for now. Um, part A, which covers hospital care. Part B, which covers doctor visits and diagnostics. And Part D, which is prescription drug coverage. Now, Part A doesn't have a premium, but Parts D and B both do charge a premium. And with the right strategy, um, if you forget to sign up correctly, those premiums can certainly eat into your budget. Yeah, so you need a strategy. And you mentioned uh, parts A, B, and D. Of course, part C, we all know C stands for cookie. <laughs> C is for cookie. But no, seriously, give mm -hmm. us a, a little more information about the premiums you just mentioned. Yeah, sure, Tony. The, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services uh, state in their article, um, 2020 Medicare Parts A and B Premiums and Deductibles, that the standard Part B premium is $135.50 per month. But higher income seniors often have to pay a little bit more um, for Part B. But And there's no standard premium for, for Part D because your costs will be determined by the plan that you choose. So just like with Part B, higher income seniors will pay additional monthly charge on top of their standard Part D premiums. Um, additionally, Medicare also has a variety of co-pays and deductibles that you're responsible for, um, the full extent of which will depend on the kind of care you end up needing. Ultimately, the key takeaway here is that Medicare is definitely not free and you can really carry uh, some substantial costs. Uh, therefore, you really need to have a robust financial strategy um, that will factor Medicare into its formula. Yeah, uh, obviously very important, and, and that's a good breakdown. What's another common myth you've heard when it comes to Medicare? Well, another myth, um, Tony, is that Medicare means all of your health care needs will be covered. Now, though Medicare does cover a variety of medical services for seniors, there are quite a few health care items that it doesn't pay for. Um, that list includes dental care, hearing aids, uh, and vision. So if you want coverage for those items, you'll need to foot the bill uh, for either separate insurance um, or sign up for Medicare Advantage, which is an alternative to original Medicare that provides a broader array of coverages. Yeah, and another one related to that I think I've heard, I want to ask you, does Medicare address long-term care costs and needs? You know, some people have asked me that, and it doesn't. Um, Long-term care, like assisted living facilities and nursing homes, are not covered. In most cases, you'll have to address those needs out of your own pocket. And that's why it's often recommended that you plan uh, for long-term care early in life, uh, usually in your 50s uh, and no later than your 60s. Yeah, and long-term care is one of those topics uh, that you really should address with a financial professional or your financial planner and advisor like yourself, Greg, because uh, you can help people add it into their overall retirement strategy and plan for it. What's the next myth? Well, another myth that some of our listeners have probably heard is that you're automatically enrolled in Medicare when you make 65. And that's definitely not the case. If you're already collecting Social Security on your 65th birthday, you'll most likely be put on Medicare Parts A and B without having to do anything. However, if that's not your case, you'll need to sign up yourself to avoid penalties down the line. 
Uh, but don't worry, your initial enrollment window is actually quite generous. Your window begins three months before your 65th birthday and doesn't close until three months after your 65th birthday. So you got a seven-month window there. Uh, you can also sign up for Medicare online, just like Social Security, and you can even do it in conjunction with if you file for Social Security, if you wish. So you should really enroll in Medicare as soon as you're eligible, is what you're saying, right? Well, actually, uh, that's our next myth, Tony. Um, while, while many people are probably smart to sign up for Medicare right away so they can begin utilizing the benefits, um, that's not the case for everybody. If you're still working when you turn 65 and you're on a group health plan through your job, you might want to sign up for Part A since there's no additional cost, but wait to sign up for the other parts that come with a premium. But if you're paying through the nose for your group plan at work and you don't like that, you may want to crunch the numbers and see if completely transitioning to Medicare might be the smarter play. Okay, that makes sense. And this is really good. You've been covering a lot of uh, myths, doing some financial myth busting for us. Uh, what's next? Well, we're going to take a look at some common myths about retirement as a whole. Um, so a Forbes.com article, and this one was titled Debunked Six Myths About Retirement, and it explains that one common myth is that before you retire, you should have a certain specific amount of money saved up. Um, have you ever seen that commercial where people are walking around with a number above their head? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one always bothered me because <laughs> like, everybody yeah. has this specific magic number, you know, that you have to hit and then you get to retire. Um, yeah. The, the reality true. is, yeah, strategizing for retirement is not about setting an arbitrary dollar amount and then achieving it and then walking through the promised land. You know, a, a strong strategy for retirement is built around the idea that how much you need to have saved for retirement is actually contingent on how much you intend to spend in retirement. Right. Yeah, there you go. And of course, everybody's different, uh, but not everyone has this magic number uh, that's going to be perfect for them. And, and I think it, it is good to remember that as far as financial needs in retirement, uh, it's always going to be unique to the individual. There's certainly not a template that's going to apply to everyone, right? Yeah, exactly right, Tony. And and along those same lines, another common myth is that a retiree will need the magic number of between 70 and 80 percent of their their pre-retirement income. So 70 to 80 percent is that number. Of, as long as you can achieve that in retirement, you'll be fine. Um, this myth is built around the idea that retirees will have lower expenses and will gladly give up some of the, the comforts that they've grown to enjoy once they hit retirement. And while it's true that certain expenses go away after you retire, um, maybe you won't be driving as much, um, eating out for lunch perhaps, um, but it's also very possible on the other side that you're gonna spend more money, um, that your budget for traveling, hobbies, uh, golf, you know, dinners out, it, they're gonna increase. So your retirement income strategy should really focus on what your preferred lifestyle is going to be. Yeah. Well, what about savings vehicles like 401k plans? Uh, the article actually notes that a common retirement myth is maxing out your 401k is all you need to do to be prepared for retirement. And 401ks are great. You know, obviously contributing to a 401k is a good way to prepare your finances for retirement. The truth is, is that 
for some people, a 401k won't be enough to maintain their pre-retirement lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like relying too much on your 401k means you might need a part-time job after you retire. Yeah, um, working longer or getting a part-time job if you haven't saved enough is actually the next myth, Tony. Um, the Working um, till you're 70 or even older might sound like uh, an easy fix, but the choice may not be completely yours. You know, unforeseen changes to your health uh, may inhibit your ability to continue working. Um, maybe a layoff, uh, like we're looking at right now um, in our current economy, uh, downsizing by your company. All these things could derail that plan if you plan on to keep on working. Um, finding part-time work, too, isn't always easy. Well-paying jobs that let you work one or two days a week aren't really that common. And many retirees may find the idea of working part-time at a retail store, you know, pretty unappealing. Well, yeah, and it makes sense to me that working a little longer or even getting a part-time job after you've retired isn't going to be as easy as it sounds. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, the article highlights another common myth, too, the idea that you shouldn't retire until your mortgage is paid off. So I just had this conversation uh, twice this week, and many people are concerned about carrying too much debt into retirement. But my take is that not all debt is bad debt. Um, if you have a really good interest rate, like right now they're at historic lows, that debt might not be a major concern at all. And, you know, if you're considering downsizing also, um, or buying a smaller home and just taking your equity in your house and paying cash for it, you might want to weigh the benefits of being debt-free against the opportunity cost of not having that cash available for other purposes like long-term care or retirement income. Or things that could earn you some growth, uh, some interest, uh, compounding interest. And I think that's a great way to look at it, uh, Greg. For some people out there, I mean, getting their mortgage paid off at the cost of other financial possibilities might not be the best move then. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I told one client this week, you know, do you want to spend your money to have it not work against you at 3% or would you rather spend your money to have it work for you, you know, at 7 8 or 9%? Uh, it's good leverage. Um, speaking of houses, Tony, our listeners should also consider things like how long they plan to live in their current house, uh, the potential tax benefits of having a mortgage, uh, future cash needs, and other possible financial resources that may be available to help you bridge those, those income gaps. Well, we've been doing some serious uh, retirement myth-busting here. Do you have another one for us? Yeah, I think I have another good one, Tony, and it turns out that in some cases, the notion that your investments should always be more conservative as you age isn't always necessarily true. And the article actually cites this, so that when it comes to investments, it can be a wise move to work with a financial services professional who's positioned to examine your needs and your goals to help you build a robust strategy that's uniquely tailored to you. Everybody's different. Um, no one's risk assessment is the same. Everyone's need for income is different. So it's not, you shouldn't take a cookie cutter approach. You should have something that's going to fit exactly what you need that fits within your tolerance for risk. And right. having, having growth and income in your portfolio throughout retirement is really the key to making your money last. Yeah, good point. And I've always thought, Greg, that if a person doesn't have to figure out something as complicated as a financial strategy by themselves, they shouldn't. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I have people that, you know, as soon as they start to do the financial plan with me, all of a sudden they want to, you know, learn as much as they possibly can. And it's really a lot to learn. You know, I mean, you really have to work with a, a fiduciary and somebody who's got your best interest uh, in mind. And the reality is, Tony, today we've really only addressed some of the a few common financial myths that are out there. There are plenty of other myths that could fill up several shows. Um, a financial services professional has probably heard all of these and many more, uh, which makes them well positioned to help you separate that myth from reality and to put the right strategies in place. Yeah, well put. Work with a financial professional, someone like yourself, Greg. And I have to say, this has been a really insightful episode, but unfortunately, we've run out of time today. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we go? Yeah, if you have any questions about your financial strategy, uh, I encourage you to visit my website at therogroup.org or feel free to call my office at 791-2924 and we can discuss how my team might be able to help answer your questions, address your concerns, and customize a retirement plan that will work for you and within your risk tolerances. Sounds great. And give that phone number one more time in case our listeners want to call and set up a, a virtual appointment with you to talk about some of these things. Yeah, good point. I'm glad you brought that up. We do do virtual um, Zoom appointments, so it doesn't have to be in person. Um, our number is 808-791-2924. All right, and that does it for today's episode of Retirement Paradise with our host, Greg Gunther. Thank you for listening to Retirement Paradise. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Greg Gunther at the Retirement Optimization Group. Call 808-791-2924 or visit their website at therogroup.org. Greg Gunther and the Retirement Optimization Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.